Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Is It Worth It? We're a short gaming podcast uh, where I typically talk about games that are pretty rare. Um, sometimes they're quite valuable. In fact, quite often they are. Um, I pull it down from the shelf, play it a little bit, and tell you whether or not it's worth owning from a collector's standpoint. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and today we're going to be talking about Bucky O'Hare for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, this came out in 1992 here in the States, and it's based off the uh, graphic novel or comic book um, that came out of the same name. I've never actually read the comic book. I wasn't even aware of it until after having played this, and apparently there was also a failed cartoon show that probably no one remembers that was also based off the character. Basically, Bucky is a captain of a starship, and he's a rabbit, an anthropomorphic rabbit that can talk and whatnot. And um, within the game, he has to save his crew. Um, They've all been captured by the bad Toadmen, if I remember correctly. Anyway, you have to go and rescue your crew. And as you rescue them, you kind of unlock them as a, not kind of, you unlock them as a playable character, and they have uh, varying abilities. Um, You start off, as I said, as Bucky, and he's able to um, jump and shoot, and each character also has a special ability where if you hold down the B button for a uh, length of time, they'll be able to do something unique to that character. Um, Bucky is able to jump really high. Um, It's needed certain times throughout the game to be able to get to areas that you couldn't normally you know get to otherwise so I guess it's useful but after you get a few other characters it kind of becomes useless and just listen up um another character you can unlock is named Duck he's acquired after oh well I should mention there is a level select at the beginning of the game you're kind of able to decide which way you want to go a la Mega Man in fact this game is a lot like Mega Man it's uh, basically Konami's answer to Mega Man um lot of the same type of uh, gameplay within uh, the difference being that this game is ridiculously hard whereas Mega Man um, some of them can be quite challenging don't get me wrong Mega Man's all very tough games but I've never had a problem beating a Mega Man and Bucky O'Hare is nigh impossible at points uh, it's one of these type of games that you really have to memorize the level in order to uh, to play correctly anyway so the stage select at the beginning of the game consists of four planets, uh, red, yellow, blue, and green, respectively. Each one contains a member of your crew. Um, so the, the next member of your crew that I'll talk about, you can get from um, the red planet, and his name is Deadeye Duck. And uh, his regular attack, instead of firing a single shot like Bucky, um, it fires three at a time, kind of like a spread shot in Contra. And um, his special ability, uh, not that great. Uh, You can charge up and he can climb. And he can climb while the the gauge that you charge up kind of ticks down. And then he's not able to climb anymore. It's uh, really not um, useful very many places in the game. But there are a couple of places where um, it is, but not within the first four planets. Only the uh, second half of the game. Um, so the next character I'll talk about is uh, Jenny. Um, she's acquired at the Blue Planet, 
and she fires as her normal attack a small blue laser that kind of sailed across the screen like Bucky's. Um, Jenny's special ability, however, is a guided shot. She kind of summons this orb that you can move around the screen as long as um, your power gauge is still up. You charge it to get it all the way up, and then you release to fire an orb, and you're able to kind of move that orb wherever you want to all over the screen. It can actually be um, pretty useful to be able to hit guys that are, you know, out of reach or what have you. Um, the next character, um, Willie DeWitt, can be acquired after um, the Yellow Planet. Willie DeWitt is um, just like Bucky, uh, but instead of a super jump, he has the ability to charge up a uh, laser. Um, it sounds kind of cool, but he can't move while he's charging, so its uses are kind of meh at best. The next character I'll talk about is probably the coolest character, um, Blinky. Blinky you can get after clearing the green planet, and his basic weapon fires a shot that travels about an inch in front of him, and uh, kind of in a downward arc. But, um, even though his main attack is kind of useless, um, it is the only attack that can fire like down, and it can break through ice and stone blocks in some stages, so that's kind of good. But his special ability is really great. He's able to charge up and um, just kind of fly. <laughs> so that's pretty damn decent. It kind of um, makes Bucky's ability moot um, for when you want to get to an area that uh, you you could normally get to, and you just get Bucky and just fly over. So pretty cool stuff. Um, so the game begins. Let's see. Let's talk the story, I guess. Uh, there's this Toad War, and Bucky and his crew. Uh, are flying in this ship called the Righteous Indignation. Um, sure. And they've been fighting a war against the, the Toads for some time, but um, it's not going so great, and the Toads are vigilant, and they're uh, taking advantage of the crew during a transfer between locations. Um, and, uh, you know what? The storyline doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, as I said, um, there is a level select at the beginning of the game. However, um, you literally won't be able to get past the beginning part of the Act 1 Blue Planet without AFC Blinky. I believe it's AFC. Well, Blinky the robot. Um, you have to be able to break these blocks of ice, and he's the only character that can do that. So, uh, if you select the Blue Planet, you'll have to kill yourself or reset the game. Um, either way, bullshit. I don't know why they did that, but eh, it is what it is. So the first planet you should go to is probably the green planet, and then, you know, to, to get Blinky. And then after that, you kind of have your choice of where you want to go, um, depending on, you know, a lot of things. Um, you may want to choose one way or another to make it a little easier on yourself. Um, really, though, uh... This game is one of the all-time hardest games I, I've ever had the uh, pleasure, because this really is a great game, um, of playing. Um, I enjoy action platformers quite a bit. Uh, who doesn't? Especially when they're good. Mega Man is absolutely one of my all-time favorite series. You'll hear me reference Mega Man a lot when talking about these older games. Um, that's because it's... 
the measuring stick that I measure a lot of these other uh, games of the same genre too, in Castlevania and Contra and all these great classics. Um, and this game should be amongst them. It really should. It's every bit as good as any Mega Man. In fact, I would argue in some ways better. It has a much more believable storyline, as weird as that may sound. Um, uh, it's not as corny in a lot of ways. It's more corny in some ways. Um, it plays a, a lot differently as, a, as opposed to being able to have one guy that can just like gain abilities of all these robot masters. You have uh, this crew that you get to unlock, which is just super cool. Um, essentially the same game mechanics, but um, the one thing, as I said before, that really um, makes this game apart from Mega Man um, is just the extreme difficulty. This is one of those type of games that if you don't know what's coming up, you're gonna die. And then if you do know what's coming up, you're probably still gonna die. It's really, really hard. Um, there's a lot of pattern memorization with uh, enemies and stuff coming at you. Um, there's the same type of disappearing blocks that you find in Mega Man. Um, there are certain stages where the screen scrolls uh, from left to right and um, you have uh, no choice over, you know, you can't go back or anything like that. You have to just know what's coming and you don't have any time to like actually stop and catch your breath. Sometimes it'll scroll downward and you'll be chased by fire. Um, that particular part of the game is bullshit by the way. Um, but overall this is a great game. Now once you unlock your crew members, there's a whole second part of the game where um, you get separated and recaptured and you have to get them back. Um, it's a tough game. Um, I honestly didn't get past um, the first couple of stages. Uh, it's not to say that I didn't have fun with it though. There is a password system on this game that allows you to um, jump ahead and all the, all the passwords on this are uh, blessedly short and uh, can be found online easily. I actually have a, uh, an old NES uh, game guide, uh, player's guide I think it was, uh, that was issued with Nintendo Power back in like 1993 you know, or something like that, that uh, I still have from when I was a kid and had all the codes for this game in it. And that really breathed a lot of life into it for me because I was able to just type in the code and get to test out these other characters and stuff. And, and that opened up a, a lot for me because otherwise I could have been playing this game all night and not unlocked Blinky. You know what I mean? Uh, tough game, very tough game, but very satisfying, very fun. Um, to any hardcore gamer out there, I would definitely, definitely, definitely recommend this title. Now, is it worth it to own? Well, this game has been trending up in value. Um, you used to be able to find this game for under 10 bucks, even five years ago. Um, I managed to pick up a copy around that time for about five bucks, you know, and I thought nothing of it. And uh, then it started gaining a little momentum and I started seeing it at about $20. This is for a loose copy. And around this time, a buddy of mine, a fellow collector, uh, found a full copy. Um, it looked like it was uh, straight from KB Toys to a humidor where it was sealed away for 20 years I mean the thing was immaculate and he picked that up for $20 and offered to sell it to me for I believe 30 and I turned him down uh, 
not a good idea on my part, I'll tell you why. Um, I did, however, find uh, multiple copies of this around that same time for about five to 10 bucks because uh, a lot of people didn't realize it was trending upwards, so I was kind of grabbing them up. Um, currently, this game sells for about 60 bucks. Um, that's loose. Um, box copies can go for about $100 or more. Um, is it worth it for a box copy? No. I do kind of feel like $60 is not too terrible a price for this game. Um, definitely try it on an emulator if, you know, this game is BFE hard. It is, ugh. Imagine, um, Ninja Gaiden levels of frustration. Uh, it is along the same lines of Super Ghouls and Ghosts or the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that you're just going to be playing this game over and over and over and over to, to be able to really um, get anywhere in it. But again, blessedly, there's a, you know, a password system and you can uh, just uh, off the backs of other people's labor, labor get to see what this game has to offer throughout. Now, uh, again, I feel like it's worth it maybe it's not um but if, if this is your type of game it's a must own for a collector i think um, for any nes collector it's definitely in the top 100 maybe even the top 50 game my personal games um for the nes uh, this is a great title um anyway i guess that's about it on bucky o'hare um you can find me uh on YouTube at the Retro Kids 1000. You can contact me via email at Simon Belmont, S I M E N B E L M O N T, at Outlook.com. Not Simon Belmont, Simon Belmont. Um, you can check me out on Twitter. I don't tweet too often there under uh, The Retro Generation. Um, it's my also my YouTube channel name. Uh, probably not the best name to have chosen. <laughs> uh, obviously my name's not The Retro, uh, but uh, I once had a um, black co-worker that referred to me as being from The Retro Generation. Funny. Um, it sounded like a uh, exotic weird name so I went with it um, and uh, yeah just uh, send me a line let me know how I'm doing uh, hopefully well uh, I appreciate all the feedback I've been getting from you guys um, I definitely definitely appreciate Derek and Don for allowing me to do this I'm just gonna praise them on every episode because I've loved their stuff for years and years and being able to do this is kind of a dream come true also, real quick, I'd like to mention, um, I got another email from our good buddy James, and amongst other things, uh, mostly praise for yours truly, thank you James, he suggested that I start telling you guys what it is I'm going to be recording about next, so that maybe you could play along with me. I don't know why you would want to, but he makes a good point, I really should uh, start thinking in advance as to what I'm going to be doing for the next podcast. Uh, unfortunately, right now, I'm kind of at a, uh, a kind of 
crossroads as to what I want to do. I was thinking about doing Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Sega Genesis, or perhaps Illbleed for the Dreamcast, or um, Silverload for the PlayStation. Those are the three that are kind of in my mind right now to do, but I am open to other games as well. So if you have any suggestions, James, or anyone else for that matter, uh, send me an email. Let me know what it is you might want to hear me review. If it's something I don't own, I can always emulate it, although I prefer it's something I own. But, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm up to playing just about anything. Uh, I'd like it to be within the format of the show and preferably not a role-playing game. And this isn't because I love role-playing games. On the contrary, role-playing games are my favorite games. Um, I just don't want to step on Derek or Don's toes and review a game that they may in some time in the future, they may want to, you know, review themselves or whatever. So I'm, I'm trying to stay as as much away from role-playing games as I can, although I may run it past them at some point and just ask them point-blank if they were ever planning on reviewing such-and-such such game and maybe uh, instead of them doing that, I'll do it. Anyway, um, also, just briefly, I wish I could have thought to do this last month, but because uh, once this comes out, it will have already have happened, but uh, I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, the guys that put on uh, Super BitCon, it's a uh, retro gaming convention in Oklahoma City that started last year, I was able to attend. I met several uh, people in our circles considered to be, I guess, uh, YouTube famous. I met Pro Jared and the Game Chasers, um, Thor Ackerlund, the winner of the 1990 um, Nintendo uh, World Championship tournament that's uh, famously uh, produced, you know, the tiny amount of gray and gold carts that are worth uh, tens of thousands of dollars now. Um, he was there, got to meet him, I got pictures with all those guys. Uh, oh, and Alpha Omega Sin, uh, I'm probably forgetting some people. Also, I got to pick up a lot of great games. I picked up uh, Gargoyles Quest 2, etc, etc. There's just everything you can imagine there from uh, people playing music about video games to a full-on arcade. There were crafts about video games, paintings, every video game you could possibly imagine. I saw super rare shit there, guys, and not just a little bit, but it was everywhere. There was even a guy selling magic cards there. Um, crazy stuff, it was a big event, just hugely po uh, popular and awesome. Um, they're doing it again this year, and I'll be attending uh, that as well, and as I said, I wish I, I could have put this out last month, because I would have said, hey, if you're going, you know, hit me up. Uh, I live in the, the centrally located uh, United States there, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't miss this thing for the world. So, but... You know, maybe uh, maybe if you were there and after the fact, you could be like, hey, uh, you know, I, I saw a tall, goofy guy. If you see a tall, goofy guy with really long hair and glasses, well, that's me. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not, but um, just a, like I said, just a real quick shout out to them, or maybe not so quick at this point, but a, a shout out to them because they just put on a tremendous event, and I wish I could have done it beforehand, but it is what it is, and uh, they... I, I put out a short video to their channel, um, and I did shout out this podcast, uh, so uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of uh, whatever from that, and I wish I could have contacted them earlier. It kind of, it, it doesn't feel like it's been a year ago. If, uh, if, if I had known that it was sneaking up on me so fast, I would have called the, or not called, but uh, contacted the, the guys that put this thing on. We're in rudimentary friendship level, and I would have talked to them and maybe 
asked to be a part of a panel or something like that and uh, and gotten maybe some more recognition for the show but I uh, wasn't able to do so in time so maybe next year anyway um, so I, I guess that about wraps it up <laughs> I'm kind of rambling on and on at this point um, so send me those emails let me know what it is you may want to see in the future or just let me know if I'm doing crap uh, or great I like to hear either one really I'm open to any kind of criticism um, I guess we'll see you next time guys uh, don't know what else to say here thanks bye